0: All right, and that was the first episode. If you went back and listened to it, that was the first one. This is episode number two of Comedian Ordinaire. Um, and you know, in this one, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go over a couple of things. I kind of want to talk about what the first episode was, and uh, you know what what you can expect. I also want to talk about my worst enemy that I've ever had in my life. Um, so we'll get into that. And then I went to the doctor, which was just a mind blowing experience, man. Insane. And, uh, and then, and then, uh, I, I want to put in that, I want to put in a set that I was kind of talking about in the last episode about me bombing and just totally just, just not being funny whatsoever on stage. And, you know, I have one of those sets recorded and, um, uh, we're going to talk about bombing today too and what that's like. So, so here you go. All right. All right. We're back, man. Um Yeah, like I said, this is episode number 2, man. That was pretty cool. It was pretty cool doing the first one, and uh I feel like it was well received, you know? I haven't really gotten a ton of feedback yet, but I felt good about it, man, and I feel good about this one too. Um That first episode, man, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking of doing though, right? Is just figuring out a way to implement my uh the stand up that I'm doing and you know, you can hear me bomb, you can hear me do well. Um but, you know, like I need something to help me get out there and uh you know, I don't mean like like as a platform or that I'm trying to that I'm trying to like really make anything. I just like now that I'm talking about doing stand up on the podcast, like I feel a bit of a responsibility to go out and keep doing stand up, you know. And look, I love it. I love doing stand up and like it's the most rewarding thing that I've ever done, but it's also the hardest thing that I've ever done, man. Getting up there is so incredibly difficult. Um, and like I'm not a natural born public speaker, dude, trust me. I'm just, I don't think that I've ever really had that. Um, but I've just always been fascinated by it and you know, I've always wanted to do it and the people that I admire most do it and they do it well. Um, And then that's just kind of my nature, man. Like I see something that I really like and I just kind of go for it. So talking about it on the podcast, again, it just makes me feel like I do have a responsibility to go out there. And so that's cool, man. And I guess the more people that listen to this podcast, the more obligated I'll feel to go really pursue this thing that I want to do. You know, it's just like it's just like going to the gym. Like they say, the hardest thing about going to the gym is going to the gym. Right? Because, like, once you're there, you'll do gym stuff. You'll do gym stuff, dude. You'll go pick up a dumbbell, turn a treadmill on. You might not run on it, but you'll, like, turn it on, you know? And we all, like, have the outfit ready, too. That's one of the most exciting things about starting a new hobby is getting all of the things. Dude, that's so much fun. That's so much fun. Like, if I wanted to start flying. Kites, dude, you know how fun it'd be to like look up kites on Amazon and like get the best spool, the best wood for my kite? Finding that material, dude, making your kite look sick as hell. Starting a new hobby and then getting all of those new things is one of the funnest things to do. Now, granted, most times you start a new hobby, you're not going to really follow through with it. Um, hopefully, I follow through with this, man. I, I hope I'm not jinxing myself. Fuck. Um, but yeah, anyways, anyways, um, yeah, I just sort of feel a, a bit of a responsibility to go and do stand-up. And the more that people listen to this, the more obligated I'll feel, man. And that's, that's always – I guess that's been a thing for me, man. Like if I could just get vulnerable for for a second – you know, um, developing a work ethic is not easy. It's not easy. And we all know like the road to success requires just like hustling. We hear that word a lot. I think hustling, you know, when someone's a hustler, they, they do a lot of things or they're always doing a certain thing. Um, man, I got to tell you, dude, just as somebody that who, who says that they are like, I say that I'm lazy, man, I do. Like, I would check that box if that box wasn't checked already, dude. I think that I am a little bit lazy. Um, but again, dude, just talking about it on here, it really makes me feel like I have a responsibility. And I keep saying that word, dude, but I feel just, like, obligated to go out and, like, keep making these podcasts. And the only way that I can make more podcasts is to do more stand-up, man. That's cool. And I, and again, anyways, I just appreciate all the people that have listened. Uh that was really cool. That was really cool. And if I'm being totally honest, I was really only expecting like two listens. Just be me and my mother. Shout out mom. Even though she didn't listen. Dude, she didn't. <laughs> my mom was like, "I'm sorry, I just I don't know how to work that and I'm very busy." Dude, my mom was giving me that classic like I'm I dude, I'm sick of your shit, dude. I've been hearing you talk your entire life. I'm going to turn a podcast on, listen to you for an hour. No. Basically what my mom said, which is, <laughs> which is perfect. Um, anyways, I guess I really just wanted to talk about um, the first episode, which I kind of just did. And my worst enemy, man, if I can just get into that really quick, my worst enemy in my entire life, is not a person, right, I don't have any hatred towards people, I don't feel that, dude, that's a heavy emotion to feel, my worst enemy, and and who always does me wrong, man, you know, spelling, spelling is my worst fucking enemy, dude, Since I was like 16 years old, I wanted to be a writer or I thought that I was a writer. And since I was 16, I've been misspelling words. Typos, man. They kill me. Typos kill me. And the only reason that I'm really talking about typos right now is because it's come to my attention that since I've started this podcast, since I've started talking about this podcast, I've been spelling the name of this podcast wrong. Of my own podcast, I've been spelling the name wrong. It's Comedian Ordinaire, right? But I spelled it like O-R-D-I-N-A-R-E. Ordinard. ordinar. <laughs> That's not how you spell it, dude. Ordinaire. O-R-D-I-N-A-I-I. R-E. Dude, I forgot that second I. And I've been forgetting it in all the, like, promotions, I guess, that I've been doing. Or, like, any time that I've talked about it or posted something about it, it's been spelled wrong.
1: And nobody told me.
0: Look, I'm not mad at anybody that didn't tell me it was spelled wrong. I get it. Oftentimes, when close friends of mine have something in their teeth, I don't tell them, you know? I want to see what that person is like in the world with something in their teeth. And maybe that's what people were doing to me. Maybe that's karma coming back. For all the times I didn't help my friends out, and for all the times that they smiled at cashiers with spinach in their teeth. I get it. But I'd like to assure everybody (laughs) that I will be spelling everything right. I will be double-checking the shit out of all my spelling. Uh, I don't know, probably for like the next week, dude. It's pretty exhausting. I don't think I can do that my entire life. Um, But if you guys see any more typos, holy shit, tell me. Are you kidding? Dude, I've been spelling my own podcast wrong for a month. Just misspelling it, dude. Can you imagine misspelling your own name? That's the same thing that I'm feeling. Fuck some typos, man. Typos. I heard a comedian once. His name was Jeremy Arroyo. I heard this guy say a joke about, "Um, I'm such a bad speller, even my blood is typo. And I've never related to anything more in my entire life. I'm a terrible speller. I am. Even spelling the name of my own podcast, like I have to close my eyes and picture the word. I feel like I'm at a spelling bee. May you have the origin of the word, please? Ordinaire? It's English, dude. I'm pretty sure it's English. (laughs) I don't know. Sounds French. I guess it kind of sounds French, so. Do I feel less badly about spelling a French word? Yeah, I do even so typos, man. And for the record, my name is spelled D A N O. I can't spell my own name. I'm just saying. What's next? Um I didn't want to talk about going to the doctor. This is something that it makes me a little bit nervous. If I'm being totally honest, going to the doctor makes me nervous because um I don't know, man, at least in my family, when people go to the doctor, something's wrong, you know? And I guess I just didn't want anything to be wrong. But I went to the doctor because, uh, you know, I'm just having trouble sleeping, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's, like, sinus-related. This is getting pretty weird, dude. I'm literally talking about my medical problems right now. Anyways, dude, I went to the doctor. It was pretty crazy because uh, I'm just I don't spend a lot of time around doctors, man. And the dude came in, and you could tell. This dude was all business. He was all business, man. I was one of like 20 patients that this dude had to see like at 11 in the morning. And I'm just like sitting in that room. I'm fascinated by everything in the room, but then I see the doctor come in. He doesn't give a shit about anything in the room, man. This dude's on another planet. He came in, he was like, hello, how are you? I'm like, I'm great, my name's Dan. He said, oh great, that's my name too. Not shitting you. Um, and then he was like, uh, "All right, tilt your head back." I tilt my head back. He gets this little instrument, and uh, and you know, there's like a little flashlight on it. And then the dude looks up my nose, and in like three seconds, he's like, "That's your problem. That's your problem right there. You have a deviated septum. A deviated septum, dude. Those are words that I haven't said in my entire life. Why would I say those words? I have no reason to say deviated septum." Who says that the doctor said that and then I started telling him all the things that you know were kind of wrong with me I'm like well I wake up a couple times a night he goes I'm aware I'm aware and I go oh well uh you know I I, like I have trouble sleeping and like uh, I get a lot of head cold he goes no I'm aware I'm aware I'm like wow this guy's really aware man every symptom I said you know and I get you know I I was like uh, I get pretty stuffy sometimes and have trouble falling asleep. No, no, I'm aware. I'm aware. Dude, the guy was aware of everything. There was nothing that I could have told this doctor that he wasn't aware of. No, no, no. I'm aware. I'm aware. Before I even finished starting or finished saying the symptom, he was like, yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware of everything. You don't need to keep talking. I know everything. And then he kind of suggested the solution. And I was like, I don't know, dude, that makes me a little bit nervous. Straight up, he goes, I don't care. I don't care if that makes you nervous, I'm a great doctor, this is what I do, I do this 15 times a week, I'm like, wow, blown away, dude, this doctor was crazy, this dude probably would have operated on me if I would have just given him the thumbs up, right then and there, dude, no anesthesia, dude, let's go into it, he does this 15 times a week, I got nothing to be worried about, he is aware, doctors are just, they're crazy people, man, and you know, I talked with him a little bit, and I was like, it must be nice being a doctor. He was like, why? Why do you say that? And I'm like, dude, because when you get sick, you know how to fix it, man. And I was like, honestly, be, be real with me. How often do you get sick? And he was like, once every five years. Dude, doctors get sick once every five years? I'm letting him speak on behalf of all doctors, by the way. I'm doing that. He gets sick once every five years. Insane, man. But I guess, you know, going to school for 20 years and, like, getting in all that debt and then, like, going through the trouble of starting a business, running a practice, getting an assistant, getting a bunch of nurses. Yeah, dude, it's all right, man. It's kind of like an equal balance. But ah, that was just crazy, man. Who goes to doctors? You don't go to a doctor if you're feeling great, you know? Not like, holy shit, this is the best I've ever felt in my life. I need to schedule a doctor's appointment. I need to get a physical. Dude, who, nobody does that. Are you insane? And uh, I hope I'm not breaking patient-doctor confidentiality. Because I know everything that I told the doctor, like he has to keep on the hush. And I always take advantage of that, man. Oh, dude, I tell the doctor some shit, dude. I wonder if that's how like some murderers confess, right? Like they just get it off their chest. They go see a doctor. They're like, oh, by the way, doc, i murdered four people. But you can't tell anybody because of that little agreement, that thing that I signed up front. You got to keep your mouth shut. What does the doctor do in that situation, man? He has to keep a secret. I wonder if it's cheaper to go to a doctor's office over and over or just straight up therapy because both people have to keep your secret i don't know i'm kind of just thinking out loud man that'd be insane what am i even talking about i just went to the doctor that was all i just went to the doctor everything is fine i'm fine i'll be okay and really i guess in this one um I'm just stalling because uh, the stand-up clip that I really that I want to show you is—it's uh, tough to listen to, man. And if I could just again, you know, all I'm doing on this podcast is being honest. I should really rename it to TBH. But if I'm being honest, as a comedian, when you bomb one of the hardest things to do is to is to go back and like really break down the bomb and when I say bomb this is really what I'm talking about going up on stage trying your set and then for whatever reason nothing works out man nobody wants to laugh everybody's just looking at you and then and then you just absolutely fail in front of everybody you got to fail in front of everybody man that's one of the things that makes stand-up so difficult um And, uh, in this set, I guess before you hear it, I'll just, uh, I'll set it up a little bit. Um, The Mutiny Cafe was the, was episode one, and that was a fairly good set. I'd give that like a seven out of ten, personally. Maybe like a six and a half. Um, but then you go back and, uh, and then you listen to this one, and I give this one about, about a zero out of ten. You know, you know, it was just, uh, Man, I went there, right? So it's this place called the Irish Rover, and it's like, I don't know, 100 feet away from the Mutiny Cafe. And uh, you go there, the sign-up is like at 7 or 8 o'clock or something like that. So I go, and then, dude, my experience is that literally every open mic you go to, they give you five minutes, right? Five minutes up there, go for it. And so I had five minutes prepared. You know, I, I'd rehearsed a little bit and like I timed it and I'm like, okay, it's right at about five, maybe like five minutes, 15 seconds. And, and I just felt good about it, you know, but then I get there and again, since I'm new and, and then when you're really new to this thing, they're not going to put you up first. You know, they'll put all the super newbies at the very end, dude. Again, I said, sign up was like at eight o'clock. I probably went up at around 1130 that night. You know, so that's just hanging out for fucking three and a half hours, listening to five minutes set after five minutes set. And uh, at about halfway through this open mic, before I go up, but about halfway through, um, the host of it is like, really quick, guys, I just want to let you know, we had a bunch of people sign up, more than we really anticipated. And, you know, for any comic left, instead of that five minutes, we're going to have you do three minutes. So just wanted to let you know, as soon as I hear that in my mind, I'm like, well, damn, dude, what two minutes do I cut? You know, and I don't really and I didn't feel like I knew the material well enough to just like take bits and pieces out because it all kind of flowed together. It was just a five minute set and each joke was dependent on the other. So I'm like, well, I don't know what two minutes to cut. And so I kind of. You know, I panic for like a little bit and I'm like, oh shit, dude, what if he calls me like right now and, and I still don't know what to do? You know, I'm not going to have a closer or I'm going to get cut short. And then like an hour goes by and I'm still not going up. But I still don't have a game plan as to what I'm going to say when I get called up. I don't know what two minutes to get rid of. And then 11, 1130 comes around and and he calls me up. And uh, and this is it. This is it right here. All
1: right. Thanks for staying, everybody. That's amazing. Um, I love that movie, Benjamin Button. Never gets old. Does that make sense? Is that the thing? Dude, everybody talking about doing drugs up here. My version of getting lit is like taking two Benadryl and like driving in I like at a McDonald's. Got friends texting me like, are you sure you're okay to drive? You were a little bit drowsy. No, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's just Benadryl. Um, dude, I swear, sometimes it looks like I invited my phone to have lunch with me. Based on the way that I'm looking at it, it's like set up across the table and like sitting there looking at the thing. I don't know. Dude, my big thing with the phone is texting, though. I I don't know, I'm not good at texting. I remember I did get a girl's phone number once. It happened once, it was amazing. It was the best thing that ever happened. I did it, I'm not bragging about it, but I got a number, I texted her. I remember I sent this one out. I go, hey, do you know how to keep a conversation going? And she replied, yeah. I never heard from her again. I mean, to this day, I just wanna know, like, is she okay, did something happen to her? And that's my big thing with texting, is those one-word answers that we all get, all those, K, thanks, bye. Dude, that's such a, you know that 100 years ago, we had to train pigeons to take messages across oceans, and then you'd wait six years for that pigeon to come back. You imagine training a pigeon, waiting six years, and then unrolling the note, and it just says K? Oh my God. Dude, hooking up, like, one night stands used to take 12 years to manifest. Do you understand that? You would train a pigeon, you would wait six years, and then you'd wait six more years for that person to train their pigeon and then send it to you. Everybody knows that bird's not coming back. It's a different bird coming back. Training a pigeon for six years, 12 years later it comes back, and it just says, you up, question mark? Oh, my God, what a waste of Dude, you've not only wasted my time, you've wasted that pigeon's entire life. do you guys know what blowjobs are? that? Yeah? That's amazing. Um, So I was going to get a blowjob, right? And this girl was going to try something new. And she goes, "Uh, how's that? Go, well, I like where your head's at. All right, that's about what that one's worth. Uh, let me see, I was, uh, I was at a coffee shop. I go, I get a coffee, and I sit down. I'm at a table by myself, and a woman comes up to me a couple minutes later, and she's like, excuse me, would it be okay if I take this chair? It's just, my friend's coming in a little bit, she just needs a place to sit. Would it be okay if I take the chair? i uh, thought like, yeah, take the chair, it's all yours. But really what she was saying was, hey, Hey, you're alone, right? Like, like you're going to be alone forever, so I can take the chair? Like, you're not expecting anybody to come into the coffee shop, let alone your life, right? So I can just take the chair? And I gave her the chair. And I could lie and write like, nah, sorry, I'm meeting somebody, a lady actually, but she just would have seen me sitting on my phone for three hours. I don't know, not worth it. Um, let me see. I, that's it for me, actually, guys. I think that's it. This, uh, this has been a great crowd. Thanks for listening. No stand up, guys. Your next comic, come to the stage. Motherfucking
0: Grimbo. Yeah. That was it, man. That was.
1: Ugh. That
0: was a little bit rough, man. If I'm. <laughs> Take a shot for every time I say, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, that's the first time that I've really listened to that clip and try to break it down. Bombing is one of the hardest things to deal with, I guess, when you start. Right. Because I hear I always hear about like experienced comedians and when they speak about or when they talk about bombing, you know, how it's a necessary thing. You got to do it. And a lot of them will find the humor in it, actually. Again, I'm not there yet. Um, and I feel like that set started off okay. I love that opening joke, man. The Benjamin Button joke, that joke is fantastic. That's one of my favorites, dude. I love that. It's becoming one of my favorites. And uh, and if you did listen to the first episode, you, can, you hear a lot of similarities between the sets. It's the same set, but I try to develop one thing a little bit more, you know um, wow, dude, I don't know, that's just a little bit, it's a little bit difficult just to hear that ending, um, and I don't even know if it sounds that bad to you guys, you know, but I guess, uh, just from my perspective, I can hear everything that went wrong in that set, and that's like, that's me, uh, saying jokes, there was a certain point in that, that, uh, I probably could have just left, honestly, after the blowjob joke. It was a pretty weak exit, but I could have just left after that. But because it was a a weak laugh, I felt obligated to keep going and to keep talking. You got to leave on a laugh, man. For me, that's like rule number two, man. You got to open on a laugh. You got to leave on a laugh. Whether or not you get some in between is dependent on your skill, I guess, and I just kept talking, and uh, one of the weird things, I guess, that happened was, um, you know, he told me that uh, we only had three minutes, and so I had my timer going, and I just told myself to stop after three minutes, and I had seen him, like, you know, once, as a a comedian uh, gets closer to their to their time or like when their time is almost up, the host will wave something like a flashlight or something or you'll see a light in the back of the room that lets you know that your time is just about up or like wrap it up. This is your last joke. And he had been doing that to every comedian at about three minutes, right before me anyways, all those comedians, but he had so many people not show up that the comedians that all went on after me all got seven minutes. They got seven. Man, it was just so back and forth, dude. I could have just done my whole set is what I realized after that. That was three minutes and 55 seconds long. And I had five minutes prepared. And in that, dude, you could like, I know I can hear myself forgetting some of my own punchlines and just like really living in that quietness. And I guess one of the hardest things for me, at least on stage, is just having no noise, man. That's one of the things that I really got to get better at, man. I see a lot of comedians and they have mastered that when the room gets quiet, I guess that's when they really have people's attention, right? Because everybody's looking and everybody's waiting for the next thing to happen or the next sound to be made. And that's usually by the person with the microphone. You know, I guess that all comes with time, dude. But in the moment, that's kind of what it's like. You know, you just you're on stage and you're thinking, what is going on? What's happening? I thought I rehearsed this. In that moment, dude, I was just panicking and I was just going through like jokes in my head that I knew. And I don't I didn't uh, even mean to get into that whole thing at the end where I talk about the chair lady again. I didn't mean to tell that one, but I was just in such a panic and I just, I needed to say something, but in my actual, like the set that I wrote out and like all the things that I wanted to talk about, that wasn't in the list, dude. I had a different closer and I didn't use that because I forgot it. And then the worst dude, at least for me, man, I never want to leave stage like that where I, where you just go. Uh, Actually, you know what? That's it for me, guys. Like, Dude, I literally dismissed myself. I was like, I can't be up here anymore. Bombing's tough, man. It's really tough. And, uh, you know, next episode three, it might be another bomb. Honestly, I got to go do another open mic, and uh, and we'll know for sure. But it'll be a new set. Um, Yeah, it'll be a, a fairly new set. You know, I'll talk about phones again, but I got a couple new openers that I really want to try out. Um, You know, and that'll be that'll be episode three, hopefully, wherever I end up performing that. uh, You know, and if I bomb again, dude, episode three, we're going to talk about bombs and we're just going to do that. Uh, Hopefully it goes well, though. You know, I would like to show off a, a pretty good set. Um, but recording these is actually fairly new to me. I didn't really, uh, when I recorded that first one at the Mutiny Cafe, I didn't have the thought in mind to use it for a podcast, you know. I just wanted to be able to go back and listen to it and uh, and figure out what to do better and what went well, what went wrong and all that stuff. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of comedians record direct, a lot. And I think that's really, that's a key thing of like how to get better. Um, and maybe, you know, talking about it on a podcast, will help you get better too. Jeez. Hopefully, man, that was fucking rough. Oh, well, man, that's it. You know, that's the life. I guess that's what I signed up for literally at eight o'clock. Just threw me off, man. He was like, you got five minutes. Okay. I actually have three minutes. And then all the comedians after me had seven minutes seven minutes to me is like a really fun set. That's fun. I think I've only gotten seven minutes, maybe like three or four times. Um, there's one, there's one open mic kind of by, uh, well, it's up in, uh, it's up in Lone tree and, uh, it's called Lincoln station coffee. And that's really where I started doing open mics. Um, You know, I did a couple when I was 16, but when I really got back into it, that was the place. And that place actually gave you 15 minutes on stage. And initially when I signed up, they thought I was a musician. The host, I remember her telling me, it was so weird when I saw you go up and start to tell jokes. Because everybody here thought you looked like Bruno Mars and that you were going to just sing like a Bruno song. And I go up there like telling my dick jokes and... I mean, that's a a different crowd, too, man, you know, because uh, that's all, dude, I was the only comedian, I'd say for about, like, four months, I was the only comedian that went up there, and it was just me and a bunch of musicians singing sad songs, dude, about, like, lost loved ones, songs that they had written about, like, traumatic events in their life, man, and then, I, and then I go up there, and I'm like, hey, guys, so phones, huh? Nah. I do really want to go back there, though. I haven't been there in over a year, back at Lincoln Station Coffee, um, just because of that, man, because I was the only comedian, and it felt a little bit strange, and that's a different crowd, you know? Uh, when everybody's expecting that one thing and just go there and, like, watch some people play guitar or, like, play piano and sing... And then you got this clown that kind of comes up and, you know, demands that sort of attention and that sort of spotlight. Yeah, dude, that's a a different crowd to perform in front of. But I did well there. You know, I used to do well there. Um, Yeah, I'll probably go back, man. I'll probably go back and, you know, and that way you could hear like a 15 minute set instead of a three minute and 55 second set with no actual closer. You know, you just heard me dismiss myself from the stage and then leave one of the worst exits, I think. I guess it sounds like I'm being hard on myself. I don't really beat myself up about these things, just so you know. Um, You know, bombing is part of it, man. I've bombed more than I've done well, if I'm being totally honest. Take a shot. Uh, Yeah, I've bombed a lot. Yeah, you get better at it, dude. You get better. That's the only way you get better. I get, you know, that's what they tell me anyways. Just got to keep doing it. Keep talking. Keep talking to the people. And uh, hopefully it works out. I hope this isn't getting too boring at the end, man. You know, it's just, uh, I'm kind of just reflecting on that set. A pretty rough set to listen to. I told you, man, that's the first time that I've gone back and listened to that since I've done that open mic. And, you know, I had the material prepared. I just, man, he threw me off. He threw me off, and uh, I don't really know the best way to go about handling that situation should it come up again. I remember after that night, I went home, and I was a little bit upset, but I was like, there has to be a way that if that happens again, this is what you do. And so I got like a... I'd say it's like six minutes, and they're all one-liners. Um, I got that set together as well. I don't really have it fully memorized, but I like I have all the things written down. You know, If I go bring my notebook with me next time, I can just do that set. That way, if he's like, hey, dude, by the way, your time's up, and he waves a light at my face, two minutes in, I only have one more 30-second joke to tell, and then I'm gone. Maybe that's it, dude. You know, maybe you just got to go into different places with different sets. It'd be strange if one set worked every single time. And I've seen comedians do that, man, at different open mics. You know, they'll just do the same set at every place they do. Maybe they're really just trying to get that material down. Or maybe they don't have more. But I feel like you got to play to the room a little bit. At least that's what I'm learning, man. You know, that Mutiny Cafe crowd since I was going up so late it seemed like they just kind of wanted punchlines and you know going back and listening to that you know I wish I would have had more one-liners for them you know it kind of went into story mode but then over at Irish Rover you know uh, I was just oh, it was all over the place they loved I guess they loved that opening you know the Benjamin Button thing did kind of well This is all just me breaking it down, I guess. This is where it gets pretty nerdy and I just kind of talk about um, what it's like from this side of things. That's bombing, though. Man, that was the Irish Rover bomb. Uh, This has been episode three. You know, I kind of want to wrap this one up. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, And and in the future, uh, I'm really hoping on uh, getting some interviews and... And so, those, those episodes will be a little bit different. Uh, they won't center all around me. You know, I, I know some interesting people that I just want to pick their brain, honestly, man. There's this, uh, this great coffee, sh- coffee business, Sati Cold Brew. Shout out to them, man. Uh, I'm getting all my questions ready, and I really want to sit down with one of those guys and, and pick their brain, dude. These dudes started a coffee company. I'm sure everybody that's listening to this knows who I'm talking about. Um, you know, so far it's kind of like a small circle of listeners, but uh, I'll get that together. you know, I'd love to interview him and uh, I think like I said in episode one, uh, a wonderful woman, one of the most uh, one of the funniest people that I've ever just known, uh, Andrea, you know, as soon as uh, both of our schedules, can meet up, and I can get you on the podcast, I would love to just have you on, and let's shoot the shit, we can talk about comedy, you know, we can talk about your open mic experience, you know, she did it as well, and that was one of the coolest things that anybody's ever done with me, I guess, man, just going to to do an open mic with me, for the most part, I go to these things by myself, so, you know, I'm very appreciative that somebody not only went with, but performed as well that takes a lot of pressure off of me you know because uh I guess just uh people ask if they can come watch and my biggest fear is that they come watch and I do one of those Irish rover bombs you know and they just see me eat my balls man that's happened before that really has so I guess I'm just reluctant right now and uh, I'm trying to get better at it before I really start inviting people out but You know, you got the next best thing here, dude. You're going to hear the sets, so it's kind of like you're there. I mean, you know, that's me talking. Those are people laughing and not laughing, so I guess it's kind of like you're there, but those are my ideas for uh, the very near future, you know, get some interviews in, get some guests on here, and that way you don't have to hear my voice a whole bunch, Uh, because I I don't feel like I'm that interesting that I can just take an hour. What is it now? Probably like 35 minutes of your time. I'm like a, I'm like 20 minutes interesting. 35 is pushing it for sure. 20 minutes, I think that I could make a 20-minute thing interesting. You know, like 23 minutes, dude. Give me 23 minutes. It's just like a sitcom that you're watching on Netflix. What am I talking about? Oh my god, what am I talking about? I I really want to wrap this one up. That was episode 3. Thank you again to everybody that's listened um and I and I would really love some more questions in that email and uh, I guess why well, know I'm asking a lot. And I guess if you just want to take the time, it really only takes like a minute, you know, the, the email will be in the description of the podcast, but it's the name of the podcast at gmail.com, comedianordinaire at gmail.com. All questions, comments, queries, and concerns are welcome. You know, like, uh, like I said last week, I guess everything will remain anonymous and... If you just write in and you ask for some advice, you're going to get the worst advice that you've ever heard. But it will be very entertaining and I would very much appreciate that. But um, anyways, thanks to everybody that's listened and thanks to everybody that wants to keep listening. And there are some people that have just been so supportive and I'm forever grateful. Um, and so that's it. That, that's that one. I guess next week, uh, look out for a sponsored segment. If I can tease that, you're like, oh, my God, I get to listen to a commercial. That's so exciting. Yeah, there's going to be a sponsored segment. So uh, keep your ears open for that one. But uh, thanks, everybody.